Yeah, John, when we were in detailed discussions on uh, with Jason and how we felt we needed to move forward uh, effectively, efficiently, and economically running this franchise, uh, we felt that uh, there, there were too many differences in opinion uh, going into the future that uh, we just thought that it would be, since we had more time, it would be best for us to make this change. Uh, we, we had Kevin in mind very recently, only because we know him over nine years. Uh, he has handled very admirably any job we've given him, uh, loyal, communicative, and we just feel that uh, it's, it's a better place for us to be. Folks, welcome into a very special episode of Crossing Swords. The Buffalo Sabres have fired Jason Bottrell and Kevin Adams is the new general manager. I am your host, Ty B, and tonight we got a full room filled with Tristan, Dwayne, and Katz all the way down on Long Island. First off, I got to send it to you, Tristan. We're in this quarantine. I would ask how you are. But we just got to get right into it. First thoughts off the rip. You wake up this morning. You hear the news. What are you thinking? Monday, my first day back in the office. Nobody wanted to go back into the office, but we're all there. Neither here nor there. Tuesday, we're talking about Game of Thrones. I just finished it for the first time ever. I will say this. Very happy with how everything kind of went. Some disappointing areas, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not too mad about it. Um, so... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my buddy hits me. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, Jason Botterill was just fired. So I look over, and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so Botterill was fired. That's kind of to be expected. You know, that's definitely something that's, you know, wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. Even though the Pagoulas said two weeks ago that he wasn't going to be, he, you know, he had his job was safe. Apparently, something happened in those two weeks that kind of, you know, stirred the whole pot. And then, you know, you hear Kevin Adams is going to be the GM. So that was the next little bit of news that we had to deal with. So Kevin Adams, new GM. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. New interim GM, you know, Kevin Adams, he'll, you know, do whatever he's got to do. And then we'll just kind of go from there. Full-time GM, mistake on my part, Kevin Adams, your 2021 Buffalo Sabres GM, no fans in the stands. What is he, what's going to happen? Oh, I think it's going to be real tough to try to sell fans on this team. And one of those fans he's going to have to sell on, you know, this prospective 2021 team is the infamous Dwayne who couldn't get through to WGR today. I know oh. you got a lot on your mind. Just, just start laying it on me. I got to hold on. Let me, let me crack my beer for this one. <laughs> Give it to me. So everyone so, crack a beer. So should I, should I just uh, go on the rant that I was going to go on the on GR? Oh, start it. I mean, should I keep it so, under an let hour? It go. Keep it under an hour. Yeah. I'll keep it under an hour. All right. So, you know, you hear the news this morning about, 
you know, the, the change at the, at the GM position. And I was just like Tristan. I thought, Kevin Adams, interim. No, full-time GM. Okay. So clearly something happened in only like the last week that, you know, you know, helped bring this about. And, you know, I read the statement and one of the main reasons was philosophical differences in the direction of this team. So my immediate thought was, well, though, if we know anything about Botterill over the last, you know, three years is he's very big on developing from the farm system. So does that mean that we're all of a sudden in a win now position? Like just Terry and Kim want to win now rather than wait on farm players to develop, you know, or the lack thereof. And so all these things are fucking running through my head guys. And I'm just like, you know, why now? Three weeks ago, you know, three weeks ago, you know, Kim was very adamant that we're retaining him. We have confidence in him. And then, you know, you have the, the Zoom conference calls with all the players where Jack doesn't directly, but kind of indirectly calls out management. And now this, now we're fucking here. We're, we're <laughs> new GM. Botterill's gone. He's fucking hanging out with Doug Whaley and fucking Tim Murray somewhere, whatever. And and We're now gonna be at a bar drinking together in a week. Yeah, that, that, that's the next photo op. And uh, dude, like I'm listening to that fucking Zoom conference call today, guys. And honestly, they couldn't have shoveled more shit in our faces than they did during that call. We got literally no answers at all. They they they, they threw Botterill under the bus, which maybe rightfully so, maybe not rightfully so. But at the end of that Zoom conference call, a couple of the things that came to mind for me was that, you know, Terry said, Kim said that, you know, when they realized the amount of time they would have between now and the draft and free agency compared to what they thought they were going to have when they announced that they were going to retain Botterill, it's changed everything. Okay, so you you felt confident and having Botterill run the draft and free agency when you thought you had less time rather than more time. And then they fucking say they didn't interview a fucking goddamn person. Like, what? Like, what? You and then everyone anybody? gets fucking fired. <laughs> and then and, and it's just there's just zero honesty and zero transparency in that. You know, Mike Harrison came in with a fucking fire right from the get-go with those questions he asked which were absolutely amazing. A very rare W from Mike Harrington, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, went, right for the, went right for the jugular with Kim Pagula, asking her, like, what have you done to give anybody confidence in anything you've done to be the president of hockey operations? And then Terry, chime, uh, you know, Terry chimes in and goes, well, you know, we never really believed in the philosophy of president of hockey operations. Well, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, what have you guys been doing the last decade that makes you think what you're doing now works? Like what? Like, explain to me what you've been doing. Like how you how how you can honestly justify continuing to do what you've been doing with her at the helm of everything because it's been a fucking dumpster fire for a fucking decade now, and you guys are the root of everything. You've been making all the hires. Like we can Jane, we can blame Botter, we can blame Murray, we can blame all the people we want, but they're the ones making the decisions. And I'm sorry, you can no longer have a person who has no clue how to make day-to-day hockey decisions running the show. And how can you, on top of that, how can you, and one of their, another reasons was lack of communication. Well, how can you fucking communicate with people when you're spending half the year in Florida? Tell mm-hmm. me how that works. 
How are you supposed to get FaceTime when you're spending half your fucking year on the other side of the fucking country? Like, don't even get me fucking started, man. It's just like, and I, and you honestly, people will take this the wrong way. I hope Jack Eichel had a, you know, had in some way, shape or form had something to do with this because that's what I want the leader of my fucking franchise to do. I want, I want him to his voice to be respected enough to be heard like that because you know what? We weren't, we, we weren't getting anywhere with the way we were doing things and not saying this is the solution, but I mean, what did Jason Botterill do that justified keeping him around? Not much. No, he not made much. a really good Ryan O'Reilly deal. <laughs> yeah, yo, and not now, and now I after all of the shit's transpired over the last twelve hours, I liked. I would like to question how much of that may have been Jason Botterill, and what, how much of that was Terry and Kim Pagula, because. Clearly, after today, we all, all we the one the one conclusion we can come to, no matter how much late to deny it, like Terry's like, I don't know where these these rumors came from about you know us having issues with money, blah blah blah. I'm like, dude, it's it, it's literally written everywhere. You've been firing everybody. You've been you know denying de- denying employees money until games mm-hmm. were officially canceled. It, it, it's no secret that your oil company is floundering. Like you, you, the Sabres been doing nothing but losing money. So it's clearly these are business decisions and financially, finance, financially fueled decisions. So like, how can you even say there's like, Oh, I, can't, I don't know where this, these rumors came from. Like not fucking rumors, fucking fact that no, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a trickle down effect. Everyone knows this. It doesn't matter how good of a team you have, how good of, you know, a staff you have, how good your coach is, how good your general manager is. It is a trickle-down effect. Management leads the entire show, and the whole time, whatever management is doing is directly affecting every single operation that falls underneath. And look at what is happening. They're, like, taking the cheap way out of everything that they possibly can. Yeah, and think about if you're an employee of them, like – you have them going, you know, three weeks ago on record saying that, yes, Jason Bottrell is the man to continue doing this. We know more than the average fan. And then boom, <laughs> weeks later gets the ax. Um, yeah. And now it's because Brent of lack Buda. of communication. And that absolutely blows my mind, mind how you're going to use that as a justification when it's very obvious from all of your other decisions that you've made that you are doing things like Dwayne said, for financial reasons, you're not, willing to pay your employees who you know literally some of these people rely on this money and you're going to wait until you know all this stuff with the nhl's sorted out you know get look like you voted to literally be out of the playoffs you weren't even one of the teams that voted against this and you gave that to yourself so like what are you even doing as owners that you didn't even vote against a playoff model that you weren't in where you could have been in it in different situations. Like it absolutely blows my mind. So a lack of communication and this and that, like this, like, bullshit. Tristan and I have talked about this, talking about that trickle down from the top. It's exactly what it is. And it's been that way for too long. They came in and they took over a team who had, you know, gone through everything it has gone through with the Regis family and the Galasanos and, you know, possibly being, uh, sold and moved and everything else. You haven't had any sort of uh, real sustainable success, any you know financial success because of all these things. So when you come here and then you just keep everything intact, 
Why do you think that's going to sustain success for a long-term model? Because it never has. It no. never has in the past never will. You know, 10 to 12 years before you took over. When we were good, it was all because of Dominic Hasek. And then you had got real lucky with Drury and Briere at the same time. It was never because we were really building properly. We never had the best facilities, the best everything. We got real lucky, which happens. And the fact that we haven't gotten lucky just goes to show you don't have the right people in place. And those people that were all these holdovers obviously aren't doing their jobs to the best of their abilities to have these players, you know, doing what they can do, get into the playoffs and reaching the top of their game. And it just goes to show right now. And it just sucks to be these guys, you know, who are um, – Chris Taylor, the Amherst coach, or any of these development guys or these scouts who are all getting fired, who were doing great. Like you're, you only have the players to work with that, you know, are drafted above you. And like, they've done a good job in Rochester. Chris Taylor did a great job down there. And he's been a he's great gone. fucking coach. Chris Taylor up has been, he's been an excellent coach for the Rochester Amherst organization. He has done so much for Rochester that we haven't had in the past years. We've gone through a ton of, again, I'm from Rochester, born and raised. And the last real success that we've seen out of Rochester, in my opinion, was, you know, when we were 2004 during the lockout and you had your Pominvilles and Gostads and, and all of those players down there. We haven't seen success in the past couple of years, like, since we've had Chris Taylor, you know, you don't want to get swept in the playoffs. You don't obviously want to do that, but those teams are making it to the playoffs. They're having really good seasons and you're seeing progress out of a lot of young players and you just dump him. You dump Sexton. Like what, like you're just, I mean, it was a, it, it, today was a fire sale. And my buddy actually texted me today. And he kind of like went off record about all of this because he has nothing to do with the Sabres organization and knows jack shit. He was probably drunk, but he goes, in my opinion, he told me, he goes, in my opinion, he goes, this looks like a seller's move. To do what they're doing, it looks like a, a seller's move, in his opinion. And it got me thinking, is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't absolutely fire everyone to make it look like things are more tumultuous than it was. Like, you would want to keep everyone in place so that a new owner could come in and, you know, do what they want and make all those moves, I think. Um Two weeks but ago, who knows? Two weeks ago, they said Botterill was going to be the GM for the 2021 season. Yeah, who the fuck? You can't, who you knows? can't believe anything they say right now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm piggybacking off that, Tristan. I, I look at the history. Okay, look at the history since Pagula was about the team, right? You have, you know, you start with Darcy and Lindy, and then things with, you know, things don't work out with them, whatever. Um, you bring in Pat LaFontaine, Ted Nolan, and then Patty uh, hires Tim Murray. Um, and alienate Patty, um, make him sign a non-disclosure agreement so he can't talk about whatever transpired. Um, you essentially have Ted Nolan in to lose and you give him a, uh, an AHL team to play in the NHL and then you fire him. And then you bring in, like I said, you still have, t you have Tim Murray, who in my opinion, as bad of a cap situation he may have put us in, um, I appreciate the fucking fact that that guy was as blunt and honest as he was because that's the last amount of honesty we've gotten from anybody in this organization was when Tim Murray was a GM because he at least owned it when he fucked up. He was honest. He was brutally honest, and he was always a great interview. Um, you fire him. 
honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I thought I would the say, players... I would say some of those Murray signings early on were definitely because of the push of the Pagulas just wanting yep. to spend to try to turn that roster around as quickly as they could. Yep. Like, does he necessarily take that chance on Vili Leno if, you know, the Pagulas aren't pushing him? Who knows? I agree. Well, that was the Brad Richards free agency year, and Brad Richards wanted a truckload of money, which was undeserved, if you ask me. He kind of, you know, you know, rode the coattails of guys like Vincent LeCavier and St. Louis in, in Tampa and made a huge payday off it. Um, and then Billy Leno was the next best free agent in that free agent class. And yeah. so do I blame them for signing him? No, because he was the next best guy available and you had to make a move. But the same token, it's like, you know, you overpaid for a guy who scored, what, like 10 fucking goals to the Sabre over the course of that fucking contract? Um, yeah. And, like, again, but, like, there were good things he did. Like, I thought the fucking – I love the Evander Kane deal because you did it the year of the tank. He was already injured and not going to play for you, so he wasn't going to improve your roster at all, and he's just going to make you better the next year. Um you know, he did get, you know, that he did make some questionable like signings and, you know, Mark Pissick, remember that deal uh, for Kulikov straight up. That was a joke. Um, Top six joke. forward, Mark Pissick, put some respect on that name. It's right. I he forgot. Had a yeah, this he year. had a hat. He had a hat. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the Ryan O'Reilly deal, how much he gave up for Ryan O'Reilly, which, you know, could be up for debate was way too much. I have a um, feeling the Pagulas had their hand in that, too. I, I feel like I they – I, I have a feeling like Terry would take that personally when he hears Ryan O'Reilly saying he, he's losing his love for the game. Like, he doesn't necessarily, like, want – like, and then you get those thing, things where, like, oh, he doesn't want to be here. He's not saying he doesn't want to be in Buffalo playing hockey, he just doesn't like the situation that he's currently in, which if you ask any of those players candidly off the record, they would have all said the same thing. And there's no doubt in my mind, they would have all said the same thing. There's no way any professional hockey player who has any care about actually winning and succeeding would be okay with the situation that these Sabres have been in these past couple of seasons. And for, you know, things to continue on that way, as long as they have right now, it's literally one more season. I think does it tie or break the the record for the modern day NHL playoff droughts? Ten. So two teams have done it ten years in a row. It was uh, I think it was Florida, and it and it might have been Edmonton. I don't remember who it was. So this upcoming year will would tie the Buffalo Sabers. Which if you're going to tell me right now that the Buffalo Sabers are going to make the playoffs this year. I'll tell you, you're out of your mind because that is just not going to happen. They don't have the – there is no chance. So we're going to tie the record for consecutive years not making the playoffs. Are we going to go past 10? I could see us going to 13. The way that we're going, what – could could we not easily say, go to thirteen consecutive I'm not years? Say 13. I could see it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say, I say it. 13. See it. I, tell you know, couldn't see it. I can't see 13. No way. I, there's no way not with like not with two a guy you know and you know your two anchors at center and you know having those two pieces in place I'm not saying we're built to make the playoffs next year I don't think we are I think this offseason is crucial and getting there and I think the moves you made today just really made us take a couple steps back for sure I mean now you have a first-time GM getting ready to go into a draft where he has literally no scouting team it's like <laughs> 
No. <laughs> like, 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 not like. Yes, here's their computers. We got their computers back. Yeah. Yo, and here, here's the here's the kicker. He made he made they made Kevin Adams fireball. So how about that? It's like, hey so, man, I know I know I know you're getting ready for your first draft, your first set of free agency. But here, guess what? You're firing everybody. Scouting and on top of that. Gone. On top of that, Kevin Adams has been uh, the VP of business administration, or senior VP of business administration, meaning he's had zero to do with hockey operations. Um, I have a very good feeling he doesn't have his finger to the pulse of what's going on in amateur hockey. So we'll see how this draft goes. I'm, uh, yeah. I hope I'm we sure win the I'm- lottery and just get Lafreniere and make it easy I, for him. Personally, I want Byfield. That's just me personally. But, um, yeah, I'm sure he's been spending a lot of fucking time in Kingston and fucking London and Sarnia checking out the the, OH, the top top talent of the OHL, you know, or, you know, really have been on the NCAA uh, D1 circuit checking out the top talent in college hockey. I mean, but, he spent a lot of time at Harbor Center, so he knows how good all those Canisius guys are. Yeah, it's true. Don't yeah, don't forget them. And then you know, the kids coming out of junior A at the junior <laughs> savers level. I don't know, man. This is just this is just this is unprecedented. It, you know, like I said, man. Like I used to say this about the Boston Red Sox, my huge Red Sox man, uh, back in their heyday when they were like losing. I used to say that the Red Sox made losing an art form, and I can, you know, say that with confidence about the Buffalo Sabers franchise right now. They make this an art form, man. They don't fuck. They don't fuck. Just fuck things up. They make it a fucking art form because they make you sit back like, wow, holy shit, man. You guys we really wow. are the laughing stock of the NHL right now. Yeah. Literally I, national I, reporter after national reporter just ripping on us. Peter Merrick. Uh, Water saying, sports. Yeah, saying they're recording a podcast, like releasing tomorrow with um, for TSN, and th- there's still more to come. It seems like what, what, the, what more could there be? They fired like everyone, yeah. and then you see like the fake tweets about them, uh, Sabretooth getting a call from Kevin. Like, <laughs> don't tell me things like that are next because this is oh, my heart can't. Dougie, Al- Dougie Allen's next, and DJ no. I was driving home from work, and I get I get updates from the score app, and all and, and just like literally, I have my phone sitting there on the dash. And I'm looking at it, and all I look over and I see is what what is going on in Buffalo, New York. And I'm like, oh my god! Like you have to be, you got to be kidding me. I mean, we are in the national spotlight for being the biggest joke of an organization to to you know to hit sports. Like obviously, you have baseball teams that you know go through really, really, really bad slumps and never really get out of them. They've kind of they've been shitty for years. It's just the way it's been. You know, football teams happen to turn it around quite so often. You know, that 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 turnaround happens pretty quickly, except for the Cleveland Browns. What a bunch of losers. But um, the Sabres, we are like, we're in our own, we are alone in this category. We are alone in this category. And the fans deserve better. We deserve better. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm yep. paying, I'm paying money this year. They've already taken money out of my bank account. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to step foot inside of the arena next year. What are they going to do to fix that? What are they going to do to make it better for the fans? Hire Kevin Adams as the GM. Yep. That's what they're going to do. What the? Don't look, what is happening? 
Hey, you want the kick your kicker that Tristan is, is they don't really have to pay that much more money to him because he was already on the fucking payroll. Oh, he's he on was the already on the no, payroll. He's, 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 on the he's already on the payroll. Yeah, so he they don't have to, you know, add any additional. So, you know, getting rid of Potterill, yeah, you're still paying him, but you're not adding a new GM. You're just maybe you adding guys know a little that? The Sabres are paying three general managers right now. To not be a general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. We are still paying three different general managers to not be a part of this organization right now. Let me just throw my hat in. Let me throw my hat in for after Kevin Adams fails because it's going to happen. I'll continue just to provide all the right moves here on this podcast for everyone because it's just absolutely – it's it's egregious what's happening. And I need another E word to keep going with that. I got three more. Effective, efficient, economic. Those are the three mandates coming from Terry Pagula. And then he asks, why do people think these are financial decisions? Dude, you spent 40 minutes talking about it. Damn yep, near. Like, you did. what? How are you going to? I just, I really, it just blows my mind everything that's going on with them and and Greg Wyshynski you know was just completely summing it all up earlier and one of his great tweets he had was that he heard Terry and Kim Pagula accidentally fired themselves after firing (laughs) everyone else in the Buffalo organization and then a marketing intern named Cole is now owner and president of the Sabres that wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened because the things that are going on down at Seymour Knox Plaza are just insane. What do you yeah. uh what do you guys think Pat LaFontaine is doing right now? Laughing Popping his ass champagne. Off. Laughing his ass off. He's gotta be laughing his ass off, just sitting back, fucking, you know, bottle of cognac. He's sipping on his Remy Martin, just having a good old time. And he's just looking back and he's like, I'm so happy that I got out of that shit show. So, I'm so happy that I'm no longer affiliated with that organization. So somebody quote tweeted me today. They said, I want to start a GoFundMe to pay Pat LaFontaine the legal fees and what it would cost for him to break his non-disclosure agreement with the oh organization. Dude, I would I would so get on board with that. I so would. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Like, I mean, there have always been rumors about what actually was said, and, you know, what was done. I know Ted Nolan came forward and said, spoke his piece uh, when his contract officially ended with the, uh, with the organization. But, like – you know, I would love and, to hear that. Oh, how about this? Who would you rather be a fan of right now, boys? Who would you rather be a fan of? The Buffalo Sabres or the Houston Astros? And now a word from our sponsor. Pazda Electric is a residential and commercial company that can handle just about any electrical project. They do new house wiring, main service upgrades, fuses to circuit breakers, backup generators, and service call type of work to troubleshoot issues. Pazda has 10 years of experience and is a master electrician, licensed and insured all over Erie County. He will be giving away a whole house surge protector with every service upgrade if the customer mentions something about train wreck sports or says this train never stops. To get in contact with Pazda Electric, call 716-698-2711 today. And don't forget to mention this train never stops. Astros? They have a ring. They have a ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but still. It doesn't matter t- even if there's an asterisk. Ring. Asterisk. It doesn't even asterisk. matter. Yeah, did, you guys it, see it, the po- did you guys see the post that I had on Twitter too? Who's yeah, in, who's in better, better shape right now? <laughs> yeah, who's in, who's in better shape right now? 
who's in better shape right now, the Buffalo Sabres or the United States of America? And the vote is overwhelmingly for the United States of America. Which is funny. And needless to say, people are actually (laughs) dying in the streets. People are dying. And the United States is a better option right now than the Buffalo Sabres. This is this is what we're going through right now. Oh, it's so bad. Speaking so, so speaking bad. about dying, an arena might possibly be dying down on the island. And another dysfunctional organization that we gotta get to. At least they're going to the playoffs. Cats, your thoughts? What's going on down there at the Coliseum right now? And and, and your thoughts on ownership that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And hold hey, on real quick. You'll, you'll have to excuse his accent. It sounds like he has marbles in his mouth, but he's just from Long Island, so just be patient. And, hey, guys, uh, for the ones who you know can't see us right now for when this drops, uh, you are looking at an absolute man rocket over there in Long Island. I'll tell you right now, he is looking fine, ladies. Fire up Hair your Tinder accounts. Back. I fire up your Tinder accounts. I can tell you for I just I know for a fact he does. If you're in the tri-state right. area, fire up your hinge. He just get swipes out. right and doesn't oh, care. Yeah. Get out the uh, <laughs> get out the slippery when wet signs. <laughs> oh boys, that couldn't have been of a better introduction. Thanks for pumping <laughs> the tires. But the New York Islanders and Nassau County are kicking the tires on the Coliseum. So word on the street is the investors uh, just ran out of money and now the county is looking for new investors to come in and pay off the rest of the $100 million from the renovations from a couple of years ago. Once again, the boys are homeless. You know, it's, it's never, it's just another obstacle in the way for the boys to get to Belmont, but Belmont's not here yet. We need the Belmont. Well, actually, the Belmont is going to be running this weekend. So I don't know what you're talking about. The Belmont. Yeah, what are you talking about? The done. Belmont. The horses weekend, are bro. running. The horses are running. I don't care about that arena. Well, it's the construction get going on behind Belmont that I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the ponies. The ponies will be there regardless. As long as I got something to bet on this weekend, I'm happy. I've been betting so much <laughs> Korean baseball. It's unbelievable. <laughs> My bank account has taken such a bad hit. It's not good. How do you, how do you, how, how, Kristen, how are you betting on Korean baseball? Like when you're making those decisions, like how educated or uneducated are those decisions while you're betting Korean baseball? A lot of my decisions are pretty standard based on like the MLB format. I look a lot at the pitchers and then I read a lot about what other people are saying about who they're betting on. And I follow a bunch of guys on Twitter. Apparently they're not very good. I'm not winning a lot of money. <laughs> But all I know is the Deuce and Bears and NC Dinos are two dynamic organizations. Yep. And they will come out on top, and I will win money at some point. I swear to God. Right. It's gonna be- I mean, that's how, how it always goes. You just got to keep chasing it, and you figure it out. But that's one thing that's missing in our lives right now is playoff hockey. Right now, I think, wouldn't we be gearing up pretty much, like, for the finals? Like, it'd be right around yep. that time. And we're Can right we here – possibly getting close to maybe you know getting into these training camps and finally getting you know some of these hub cities figured out they should be coming out very soon but with this playoff format them, right? it seems say- it seems like vegas is it's not confirmed but they're i believe sure. 
the East, because the reports came out that Isles and Rangers were both heading to Vegas, which makes sense because I don't think the league wants any team to have any sort of home ice advantage. So it makes sense to send that whole East Conference out to a Western hub and vice versa. Um, I could see maybe Toronto, Columbus, Pittsburgh being an East hub. Maybe yeah. Carolina. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. It's all about getting the right arena space for all the teams to be able to practice. I think that's the biggest right. thing. And you got to find uh, well, and, a spot and with lower looking, COVID areas. They're looking specifically for arenas that have like excess hotels in the area or hotels attached to like the arena or the practice facility mm-hmm. too. So that was a big thing. So that's and why extra locker rooms too, so that they didn't have to share. Exactly. Um, yeah. Right. So they were and, talking about, they were talking about Vegas because I know they have, the, uh, you know, obviously you're uh, you got a shit ton of hotels in the area. Um, I know, Buff- again, it's never going to happen. It, it wouldn't happen. But Buffalo was one of the considerations because of the Harbor Center and the Marriott and everything down there. But who knows? I mean, what are they going to – I mean, it's going to be what? Each – the West and the East is going to have two hub facilities or two hub – and then they're going to just go from there. I don't – personally, am I the only one? I don't want to see a playoff. I don't want to watch a COVID. Does anybody else? No, I don't. Who, I don't. Who would, I'm kind of who would, I'm a little over it. I'm not excited. Who would feel good about winning the Stanley Cup this year after taking, I don't know, five, four months off, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know, super nasty 2014 playoff, and you know what I mean? Like, what happens if the Columbus Blue Jackets, the first time in their existence, they win the Stanley Cup this year? How good can you possibly feel about about winning that championship yeah. or not, you know, even, not even be able to win it in front of your fans, not being able to have a parade. Could you, could you like, imagine what kind of celebration you, can you really have after that? Like why? you don't really want to be going could, out. Like, yeah. Why would anybody it's gonna want be it? very, very weird. Like that's why I was so surprised that we haven't heard, you know, a little of some more of these players speaking out a little bit. Like we've seen some in the uh, NBA, like, how much is there to gain by getting everything back? Um, obviously, I think you can get a lot of viewers and everything. Do do because, we think the majority you know, of the starving? league doesn't want to play again, or do you just think for the you know for the guys that have the you know the love they have for the sport, they of course want to get back at it. I'm I'm sure yeah. it's been what since the last game was March 10th. Yeah, I'm sure but they it's want like, to get would back you at rather it. would you rather wipe it away and just you know get back healthy and just get back at it in the fall or would you rather you know just play this tournament have a month maybe off right back into training camp and then do it all over again play a full season? I mean well, for, for some teams it makes sense uh like for my Islanders they will be I believe 100% healthy Adam Pellick is coming back uh Johnny Boychuk will be back Kyle Clutterbuck um and we're hoping just with the with the stretch you know the long the yeah, applause that we had here the Islanders uh, are a joke uh, organization <laughs> just a clown show i you know i why why is there even hockey on the island i don't understand why hasn't that, yeah, I mean, that? that? hockey on the island i mean we had we had what do we have we had the na way back in the day we had i think they were the long island ducks right I believe so they played over in Islip. so there's a long history of hockey being on long island and then what do you mean the four four straight cups who else is going to win 19 straight playoff series who you got me. You got me there. I'm not going to argue that. That was sick. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, time. But don't get I'm, me wrong. I'm, we were a fucking shit show for years after that. I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not going to criticize a yeah, single. We, we can't throw any any stones. We right can't now. throw shade at all right now, guys. Yo, at least you guys have a place house. to play if the season resumes next season, with or without fans. So you know what? If the Coliseum, if, if investors fans, don't want to come in and be pay no fans either debt, way, there are other options. All right, cool. Do we force our way back in the Barclays Center? Probably not. We have Bridgeport on the other side of the Sound where if they do have socially distanced fans, it still makes it work because it's a smaller arena. Or, you know what, put them in Northwell. Put them in the training facility. No fans. Just get a broadcast view in there. Why not just play yeah. at MetLife? Just you guys all just go to MetLife. Your new arena will be at MetLife. And then you, the Jets, Giants, you can all have just a good good old time. Just roof and a good ice. I'll play anywhere. Yeah, just have a good old time. A couple <laughs> yeah, of guys, right? you know, MetLife Stadium, just, you know. And you know, enjoying a little bit of hockey Jersey. on a football field. Little Why hockey. not? Where MetLife is in New Jersey, it's like, like the it's shite. It's first of all MetLife. It's a huge wind tunnel. It's cold. Anywhere you go inside that stadium, beautiful though. But who the fuck wants to go to Jersey for anything? Anything? Isn't there? Isn't it true that you there's no left turns in New Jersey? Isn't no, that- you got jug handles. You got to go right to go left. What? See, oh this is God. why I don't leave Buffalo. I don't. You also I can't, can't do pump that. your own gas down there. I uh, well, we well, pump our own gas down here. You guys can pump your own gas up there. Yeah. 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 You got. You, you can't do that in Jersey. I'm a habitual gas pumper, and you can't do that in New yeah, Jersey. I want to pump, pump my own gas. No, you can't have. No, you're like literally in yeah certain states. You're not allowed. You like can't literally can't. Your you're not even allowed to. Like, even if yeah. you're like, nah, 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 like, like, I'm good. Like, I'll do it myself. You legally can't. At least they have Wawa. You know, yo, listen, how about this? You know, piggyback of what you said earlier, you know, could you imagine, like, winning the COVID Cup and, like, stay, just for, for argument's sake, doing it in, in your own arena and then literally having to hoist the cup and do a lap to an empty arena? Like, how is that even enjoyable? Like, granted, yeah, there's the excitement of, you know, winning a Stanley Cup. Like, how do you even get pumped for that? And on top of that, okay, you know, again, for argument's sake, say the Sabres were in this. Um, piggybacking off oh, your, you know, why, 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 why more players haven't stood up? Could you imagine if we were in this and then we say we win a, win a first round and then Jack Eichel comes down with COVID? <laughs> how is that fair? How is that fair? Or, like, I know, I know. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Could you imagine? Okay, imagine Gabriel Landeskog or Nathan McKinnon come down with McKinnon or with COVID, or you know Austin Matthews. Yeah, John player Tavares. test positive. Like it's not like more than likely they will be okay because of you know their physical stature and all this. Like they're in their peak condition right now, but some people have long-term scarring on their lungs and have effects that are going to be long lasting. Like this could really affect someone's career if they get it. Like now I'm, you know, seeing some of these NFL players who've had it, like you have Ezekiel Elliott, a top tier running back. Did he have real legitimate symptoms? Was he having, you know, the shortness of breath? It does. He have damage to his lungs like that really can affect you. And especially in a game, you know, NHL, you're taking your quick shifts and this and that, like any shortness of breath in that and like any effect to your lungs is going to be extremely detrimental. 
And there was the article. There was the article that came out from the 1919 Stanley Cup that never actually ended up happening. But I think it was it was Toronto and somebody else. I forgot exactly what the article was. But there, you know, the the guy that ended up dying after you know the the plague that had happened then, or the, the you know the flu that came that was there. Like it's it's a very real thing. And it's like, do you rush back to sports and risk these players' lives? Yep. Or do you cut the year and you just, you know, call it a day? Because at the end of the day, obviously, you know, we're 100 years past what happened back in 2019 or uh, 1919. But, you know, the shit happens, shit evolves. And this is obviously something that is very bad. There is no doubt about it. And what if you were to have a player die? You know what I mean? In any fashion, you know, whether it's a, you know, a, a Nathan McKinnon. Or it could be a, a fourth-line grinder. You know what I mean? Like, was it worth it? Was it worth it to get all of this done? They canceled the Stanley Cup in 1919 in the middle of the series because of what was happening. Like, do you do you take the chance and do you bring it back now? Or do you just wait it out a year and, and, and see what happens? You know Bettman wants those TV ratings more than anything. This is the only time to get. This is the only time to get it too. Right, you got the MLB shitting shitting bricks. Got the uh, the NFL is no nowhere close to returning anyway. Uh, It's it's the MLS and the NHL. It 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 is what it is. But like you said, is it is it worth risking a lot for what could happen? Because you've seen states like Arizona and Florida who have opened back up to the public, and then you've seen second outbreaks come about and are we ready for a second outbreak third outbreak or even you know so on and so forth um and you got plays with underlying issues like players who like have diabetes for example they can't play under under the conditions no way no there was um one of the players has um he has an autoimmune um i think he has crohn's disease um someone's talking about it yeah he's super at risk like if he gets it you you don't know like you're really gambling at that point so for that a guy like that it really months. might not be worth it that's probably the problem. Has about three months. and for what it's worth is it what if a player gets uh another long-term injury during this these play-in series is that worth it too like you're you know middle of the summer where hockey is never played and then because of the COVID, everything's pushed back. And you have way less recovery time of an off season. Yep. Well, so this what- was another conversation that I was having with, you know, with Brett is he thinks that what's going to happen is if they run a playoffs this year, you have to obviously run a training camp after that. There's got to be time off in between. There's no doubt about that. He thinks that, I mean, he, he's adamant about this, that the new NHL season is going to run from January to June. Or January to uh, July, and then you do playoffs after that. And I don't know about you, but who the – I mean, as a, again, as a, as a season ticket holder for the Sabres, I don't want to go to games in August. Not that we're going to make it to August. The mindset's not there for hockey in the summer. No one's thinking that. No, I, no. I wouldn't want it moved back that late. Um, but I do see the sort of the upside. You're not competing against the NFL as much there. So you're, well, yeah, you're it, able to get more viewers. And that's why the NBA has been talking about this actually previously. So it'll be interesting to see if this actually does happen. Well, that's what they're going to have to do sense. to get the season back to starting in early September is to yeah. do January to June, 
you know, file through the summer, get back at it in, you know, late August, early September for training camps. But what are we going to do about the league with signing free agents and UFAs coming about soon? Like July 1st is almost here. And now a word from our sponsor. Got to give a shout out to the boys over at Justition Hockey. Go check out their website, especially right now for their new release of the Cloud Hoodie. I had to cop that one immediately. Don't sleep on that. And if you use promo code TRAINWRECK, you'll get 10% off your entire order of not just the hoodie. And don't stop there. Go check out Skate Skins. It is a must for any hockey player, especially if you want to show off some individuality or highlight your team. It's the perfect thing for any player out there right now. So be sure to check both out. Go get over to justition.com. But yeah, what happens? That's, the, that's the thing. There's no breaks. If you run it that way, there's essentially no breaks. I can't imagine, uh, and I'm just saying this from, you know, again, I, I can't imagine a hockey season starting this upcoming October. I just don't see it happening. It doesn't no, make not sense. If, not if you end up playing this uh tournament i think everything no. has to at least be pushed pushed back a month and a half to two months and that, at the very least at, at least a month and a half and then what happens after that does this become the new norm where hockey starts and you know typically it starts the first or second week of october does, is is the new norm it's starting in december beginning of january i don't want that to happen i that's not i think i think the sweet spot might be you know maybe right before thanksgiving that but again, here's the deal. No matter what the sweet spot is, that might be the realistic thing. Is is hockey going to be starting the weaker, you know, the week or two before Thanksgiving? That could start. That that could be the the new norm that we that that's going to happen. We won't have a next season, regardless of if even if this next playoff play in series, whatever they even want to call it, COVID Cup. They're not going to want to start a season until fans are in seats next season anyway. So what if fans aren't, aren't allowed in the arenas in January, February, March, April? Like, we don't know what. And every happen. state right now is, is real different about it. Like, Texas is talking about allowing, like, at least 50%, 60% and more. But now they're having these surges. Like, are things going to change on that front, too? Um, it's you really got to go day to day, week to week. Yeah, Arizona just yeah. got hit with a surge. Florida's getting hit with a surge. The Midwest is kind of getting hit with a little bit of a surge. And this is coming from somebody that's that in, you know, healthcare staffing is I'm seeing the areas that are getting hit really bad right now. And a lot of them have major sports teams. So what do you do? I mean, you can't treat different states. Like you can't treat New York state the same as you would Arizona or you know, anywhere in the Midwest for that, for that matter. So how do you adjust it based on what's safe as a, I would even say like a, like a middle ground, how do you find that middle ground? How do you create that for an entire sports franchise? Yeah. You know what like, I mean? It doesn't like do you exist. Say, do you say no one can have any fans or a 25% maximum for everybody? Because that's like the like lowest someone has, like, you have to figure out a way to sort of even it out, I guess, at some point too, which it, there's so many – like this is a whole can of worms like you're getting into that the league's going to have to go through, and there's going to be a ton of hurdles to jump. So, so say you have 25% capacity in the arenas, who, who, who gets those seats? Season ticket holders, 10%. 10% season ticket holders, 15% uh, just general public. And how do you pick season ticket holders? Like, all, how do you get picked? 
I was just um, going to say that too. Like at the end of the day, I'm paying six grand a year for season tickets for the Buffalo Sabres. Right, so priority. If, if I can't go to games, I want my mo- I want my money back. I want some type of you know well, what are they going to do to make it right for the fans? I haven't paid a cent yet. I won't. I won't. No. Nope. Islander fans are demanding their refunds if the season gets moved to Brooklyn. If there is a season next year. What a terrible and, uh, organization. I'm pretty happy that I haven't been thinking about these <laughs> tickets for the last What a terrible organization and a terrible fan base. I blame just Mike Milbury for everything. Just what a disappointment <laughs> you wanna, to the NFL. And you want to know another thing, piggybacking off what you guys, what, what Ty was saying earlier, and you, Tristan, like not every state is being very transparent about who's, how many positive cases and how many deaths by COVID there are. I read in, I read out in Florida about you know you know for example um, deaths you know but from pneumonia in previous years was very very low like per year was like barely in the double digits you know was very low number yep. this year you're in the triple digits it's gone up by like five or six hundred percent yep I think it was like no nine way. times yeah yeah no way that's a coincidence that's because you know, whether you want to say it's for political reasons or not, Florida's not reporting COVID deaths as COVID. They're reporting them as pneumonia because they probably, for economic <laughs> reasons, want to open up sooner or, rather or than later. tests or whatnot or whatever. It's a yeah, God, you know? God, goddamn swing state. Unbelievable. Things yeah. that you can get away with in a swing state are brutal. It's true. It's true. And plus, New York State, you know, we're just we're the epicenter of it all. I don't think until we are ready as a state, then the rest of the country is not ready because we hold uh, most amount of cases. Um, and it's just an all-around shit show. The Sabres, the Islanders, New York, New York State as a whole, COVID Cup shit, it doesn't matter. COVID Cup doesn't matter. I was going to say, we – We've gotten far off the topic. We got we we dove into COVID. We've hit a bunch of different areas, but we've totally lost sight of what the Buffalo Sabres have done today. We have moved very far away from yeah, that. We did. We're I, just trying to distract ourselves with it's so depressing. Anything. Like that's how you know things are bad with the Sabres when you're distracting yourself with COVID numbers. When Dwayne I mean, Tanawana doesn't want to talk about the Sabres, you know it's that fucking bad. Can you, you guys want so, to do Jack Eichel for Matt Barzell? No. Would you? No, no. Matt Barzell's no. a loser. There, there's not many deals you can yeah, put in what front of me that would get you go Jack Eichel. I would do no. Matt Barzell for uh, Josh Hosang. Yeah, your mind. He's already ours. Come on. There's oh, not no. many deals you can put. There's not many deals you can put on the table for me that gets me to agree to to, to trade away Jack Eichel. All right, what if what if somehow we magically get Robin Leonard back in the mix for us and then we know Sorokin's coming over. By the way, that's another we'll say that for another time, Ilya Sorokin, but he's a whole another story. What say we package Barzell and Leonard for Jack Eichel. He, go fuck you can go fuck yourself. In, in your language, you can go fuck yourself. Mm. You can go fuck yourself. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I, there's, like I said, there's not many deals you can put in front of me that would get me as an able-minded, smart human being to trace you, Chad Keiko. Oh, it, no. that, obviously, obviously it will never happen. That's your golden boy. I, I wouldn't want it to happen because you guys deserve Jack Eichel. You guys deserve somebody to, to 
be proud to wear the Sabres jersey, you know? Hopefully. Yeah, that, 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 that new royal blue and gold jersey that we're all going to fucking frivolously throw our fucking paychecks at next year. That I'm going to buy I'm from not China. buying one. I'm not well, buying one. Anyway. They, had, they had come out and they were talking a lot about, like, I had read a couple articles. And I guess in a good sense, I mean, it sucks because at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I want the Sabres to win. I want to be in front of a winning organization. And I want to know that, like, the money that I'm spending year after year is going to be going to something good. Whether or not Jack Eichel is a part of that equation, you know what I mean? I don't really care who is there if we can become a winning organization. The situation that we put ourselves in right now, you know, is it going to be the Pagulas that kick Jack Eichel out of Buffalo? Is it going to be the fans that, you know, kick Jack Eichel out of Buffalo? What exactly is going to happen with that in the upcoming future? We don't know, but we have him locked in for a long-term deal. And what we would actually – anywhere. But what I'm saying is if that was the situation at any point, if that was to happen, the price tag for him is so high that another organization, whether it's out West, whether it's here on the East Coast, the amount that they would have to pay to bring in a player like Jack Eichel to actually get him out of Buffalo would be so beneficial for us potentially in the near future and the long term. So I don't want to see him gone, but at the end of the day, I want a winning organization. I want something to look forward to every year while I'm dumping money into this organization. You know what but, I mean? I, I all I want is all I want is a W. I don't care who's in yeah. I don't care who the GM is. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who anybody is. I want to see wins. I want to see, you know, playoffs. That's what I want to see. I want efficient I, behavior from the And market. I and I and I agree, Tristan. But here's the thing. If a team is willing to give up that type of capital, okay, say for argument's sake, for like Boston, we know we hate to bring that up, but Boston wants Jack Eichel. Those draft picks they're giving us, okay, they give us three first-round draft picks. Those draft picks aren't going to be high draft picks regardless. They're going to be, you know, you're looking at bottom five probably. That Even still, I, I have a hard time making that deal no matter what players or prospects they package in with that, because the first round picks I'm getting aren't players that are going to be guys that, you know, you know how our history is with fucking drafting, like, you know, even recently, like, but but, we don't know how it's going to be in the future. You have Patrice Bergeron, who's like 37 years old. Brad Marchand is not getting any younger. Tuka Rask is also not getting any younger. There's a lot of players on that team who have created that core that we have seen in Boston for the past 10 years that have given them that winning, that winning yeah. edge, who's all, you know, who is going to be looking on, to be potentially on the way out or retirement at this point. So we don't exactly know who is going to be in Boston. You know what I mean? Is Boston going to be a, a playoff contending team in five years? We They're sure a big market. don't know. They're a big market, man. They're always going to attract – you know, they're always going to be able to track players in free agency. They're always going to be able to pay players in free agency. They still got pasta. You know, there's there's still a lot of ta- there's still a lot of talent there, especially in their farm system. I mean, th- for me, picks. I mean, you you'd have to be a team that's a seller dweller for me to trade away Jack Eichel because and the, I, the, the I picks agree. won't justify it. The picks won't justify it. I agree, and not even and here's the deal too. At the end of the day as a Buffalo Sabres fan, 
picks mean jack shit? Because what have we done with our draft picks in the past 10 years? Anything after number two, we haven't had any luck with anything. Alex Nylander is gone. Casey Middlestad is on the fence right now. Like, we haven't had any good drafting in that later round. So say we were, say, say we did get three, three first round picks and they were all in the later, you know, the later of the first, that doesn't necessarily help us because we haven't picked good in the later of the first or in the early second. It just hasn't fucking happened. Me and Cully did an episode on this for two goalies on Mike and it's really heartbreaking, saddening and disgusting. How bad, how bad our draft history is, man. Like the players that we drafted, or we didn't draft, like, not even just saying names like Leon Dreisaitl, you know, like, you know, in the Reinhardt year. There, there, there are so many names out there where we, like, you know, just, you know, took players that aren't even in the league right now over, over players that are, you know, in top five and top five, top ten in scoring. It's insane. It's, like, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's disgusting to go back and look. And again, at the end of the day, you know this as well as anybody that we're, you know, that we're all talking right now, is it's disgusting to go back and look at the Sabres draft history and who was taken in those rounds and the players taken afterwards. But again, at the end of the day, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know what I mean? Would you have rather taken Alex Nylander or would you have rather taken, I don't know, maybe Charlie McAvoy? Um, you know what I mean? They're, that year especially, but, man. That, that year especially. And again, and that was the one that was in Buffalo too, which made it even more of a heartbreak. Yep. But, you know, it's this is why you have to have top people in your scouting department. This is why you have to have top people at that level because those draft picks, when you have high picks, anything from like one to ten, those players have to hit. They have to. Yep. If you if you, you miss, on, miss on those picks, if you, you miss, miss on one picks. through ten, if you miss on one through ten, you're setting yourself up. I mean, you're talking three years of development and wasted opportunity that could have been with somebody else who was NHL ready, who could have been, you know, making a difference in the organization. So it's a it's a damn shame. I'm praying to God, and I really do have a lot of high hopes for Dylan Cousins, but. He looks have, so good. He looks so good, but we have we have fucked up those picks so bad in the past couple of years. Like it's, I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta readjust the scouting department. You gotta fix all of that because if you don't, it's gonna be shuffling shit in and out year after year, and that's what we've been looking at. That and you know that's that's gonna be interesting to see you know who they bring in to fill those spots in the scouting department and the farm system. I'm still blown away by Chris Taylor getting fired because he was such a good coach and such a good player when it came to player development. So I'm very, very, very interested to see who fills that role because those are some pretty big shoes to fill down in Rochester. And I, I was, you know, on, on Den Sabres Twitter today looking at a lot of the reactions down in Rochester as far as Taylor getting fired. And people were not happy at all. They no. did not understand it. He was a great coach. He was a great coach. He was a great mentor. He did a lot of things right. But, I mean, you hit it like nail on the head. Like, when's the last time that Sabres Twitter blew up for something good? I mean, I was reading, like, I was reading, I was reading Matt Bovey's tweets, like, all day. And it's just, it was just sad. Like, because all you're doing is recapping a lot of the press and a lot of the, the, the bullshit that's going on. 
And there's no, a lot of the times you'll be able to find like a positive spin or a positive twist on a lot of things, especially when you're working directly in media. But I mean, how can you twist what's going on right now? You can't twist this into a positive note. It's impossible. You know, and Toronto fans are, you know, especially the ones that follow my show, they're, 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 they're getting ready to fire me up because I've been, that's all I do is rip apart Toronto. Even, even <laughs> though they're, it's, it's all I do is rip them to shreds and that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hide from it. You know, I don't give a shit. I know my fucking organization's a dumpster fire. I've never, I've never denied that. But dude, today, these last, you know, since this morning, this is just too much, man. This is, yep. It, maybe it's a good thing I didn't get on WGR earlier, man, because I'm, I, I might, I, I don't know how that would have went. That could have been a blessing in disguise. <laughs> they were, they were, they were playing clips from the Zoom conference call with Terry and Kim in between like each uh, commercial break, and I'm just listening to it, and I'm seriously just like, like they, they played, uh, you know, it's not our philosophy to have a president of hockey operation. They played that clip. They played. Uh, um, Kim's answer, one of Kim's answers to my parents. And says, I'm just getting fucking fired up and more fired up and more fired up and more fired up. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is not going to go the way I thought it was going to go. If they put me on, it's going to be bad. Like, but, you know, it's just, I don't know anymore, man. This is, they made it an art form, man. They, 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 they just can't suck as an organization on the ice and off the ice. They just got to find weight. They got to find a way to go down in a blaze of glory. They really do. It's just—it's just I don't know. The whole thing is—it's such a because it's—it's funny too. Because I know Ty V knows this too, and I don't know if anybody else. I you know, because just because I do have the long history with the McDavid family, just like being so close to them. And I remember when the draft happened, and I remember when all of that went down, and how disappointed they were that Connor ended up in in. Edmonton and I know they they had hoped that Buffalo was going to be his landing spot and now I look back and I'm like you know what I haven't said anything to them but I'm like you gotta be happy that he ended up in Edmonton in an organization that's on the up and up opposed to a place like Buffalo where like I mean imagine if Connor was in this situation like I can't I can't even fathom that thought yeah well Edmonton's not in a great spot, but obviously they're in a much better situation than well, we are here, here, because they're still going to be playing hockey. Well, here, yeah, here's, exactly. the, here's the thing, though, is we all know – I mean, we, I think we've all come to accept that McDavid over Eichel, you know, he's the better player for sure. I mean, I don't he's know. He's the best player in the NHL. He's yeah, the best, he's the best player in the world. And, you, know, it, you know, I wouldn't say that it's dramatic, the difference at all, especially with the way Jack carried this team this year. but are we in the same situation we are right now with Connor McDavid running the show here? I mean, are we, I don't know, you know, it's, that's tough to say, like nothing against Jack. I think we are. I'll be honest. I think, I think we are? Connor McDavid was on this team. I think, I think it's going to be very similar. I think he still puts you, up a hundred points every year, but we still find ourselves, you know, dwelling at the bottom because of the, because of the, the anchor that we have at the top. I think that's I, inevitable. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but you don't think Connor McDavid could have amounted for, like, say, just for argument's sake, eight more points this season, eight more points in the standings. I'd say, I'd say we're probably in this 2014 playoff if we have Connor McDavid. And again, that's nothing against Jack at all. 
uh, Jack had an MVP season. Like, he carried this team on his back. But let's just face facts. Connor McDavid is a different type of player. Yeah, and but he, he wasn't – he didn't carry Edmonton there himself. It wasn't for what no, Leon Dreisaitl did, especially while he was injured. They yep. wouldn't be in that situation. Agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Sabres wouldn't have had a second fiddle to carry the team at that point if, you know, he was hurt. So. Agreed. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. That, that makes – it makes total sense. And again, you look, and again, this is, this is us talking about that draft year too, where we picked Sam Reinhart instead of, you know, who, whoever else may have been on the board, but you look at the player that Leon Dreisaitl has become, and it looks very similar to like, you know, with, with, with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, it looks very similar to a, uh, Stan I don't know, draft. or a, uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. Mark you know what I mean? Crosby. Malkin Crosby. Malkin Crosby. Yeah, Dreisaitl, like, obviously plays on the wing a bunch, but he can obviously center his own line if he needs to. Yep. So, like, that's just what, line. you know, we need that second guy for Jack to have to rely on because, you know, you bring in Skinner, he's obviously, you know, a great addition on his wing, and you separate him. He can't do much when you have Marcus Johansson in a role he hasn't played yeah. since, you know, like his second year in the NHL. Uh, it's just – it just kind of baffles me, you know, you're trying to put squares into circle pegs, um, you know, get some guys who can perform in their role, right. And, you know, fill around them. Uh, and I think, you know, we'll be in a much better position for that. Hopefully you got a guy, you know, who has been around the league for a long time in Kevin Adams. He wasn't a great player, only like 150 points and over a hundred or 400 some games. Uh, I think is you know I said earlier is like 23 points was like his career high, but you know just a guy who's at least been around the league and has stayed around the league. We don't know you know really what his eye is for talent. His whole time has pretty much you know been spent here in Buffalo ever since he was fired as an assistant coach. You know he was kept on in other roles, whether it was at the Harbor Center and in development and things like that, and then into the business side. So that's going to be the biggest thing for me is, you know, let's see going forward. Obviously, you know, you're talking about, you know, we don't have a lot to be optimistic about, but at least, you know, there's, there's a guy with a lot of, you know, questions around him and can he answer some of these questions in a positive manner? Yes. Is it, you know, very likely who the hell knows at this point, it's pretty much a coin flip with all these guys. Let's just hope for the best. But right now, it's it's obviously not the best. I said it. I said it earlier today too. Like I, again, I you know I I made it very clear that I don't care who the Buffalo Sabers hire in what capacity. Like you know you have to look at this thing, and I get very you know very simply like an airline. Like the Pagulas own the airline, and now Kevin Adams is the the pilot, and we're all on that we're all on that plane. I want that plane to land. I want to go up safely. I want to, you know, get down safely. I'm rooting for Kevin Adams. There's no part of me that's, yeah, me too. you know, cheering against Kevin Adams. I want him to be the best GM that's ever been, you know, in the NHL. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. I, we, don't have a, we don't have any type of sample size or anything to compare him to or against. Nothing. Am I rooting for him? Absolutely. Do I think it was a good hire? I, you know, I, I don't think so, but I'm cheering for him. We got a root for him to land that plane. You know what I mean? What the hell else can we do? 
we're just like, we're all, again, all the fans, we're all puppets in this madness that's been created over the past couple of years. And all we can do is hope for the best. There's nothing else that we can do. We've done it with Bilesma. We've done it with Tim Murray. We've done it with Phil Housley. We've done it with Ralph Kruger. You know, we've done it with everybody. These guys are all on the charge. They're all running that plane. We, we, we need something to hit at some point and we need it to happen sooner rather than later or else you know we're all we're, you know, we're already the laughing stock of the nhl how much worse can it possibly get you know do, does kevin adams get us from 29th to fucking 10th i don't know but i'm praying to god he does yep tristan i think you summed that up perfectly so let's get into our last thoughts i'm gonna leave cats last because his should at least be a little positive um, Dwayne started off for me. Just a quick last thoughts. Any shout outs you got here tonight? All right, p- piggybacking off of what Tristan said, you know, I'm not going to root against, like, you know, the new GM. I'm not going to root against Kevin Adams. I want to succeed. I want sustained success. But, you know, I just, it, it's tough to see a guy being put in this position where he literally has nothing to work with as far as a scouting department, a farm system, nothing and expect him to succeed right away in such a crucial, crucial off season. And if there's anything we've learned today, it's just honestly a reinforcement of where the real problem is. As I know Tristan goes, it's up top. It's with Kim and Terry, uh, Kim, she's, she's kind of stepped down from that position. And I just think, you know, pride and just, uh, a big ego will will not let either of them let that happen. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm optimistic about next year. Um, I think that with the cap space we have, I think there are moves to be made. And I hope that this year might be different than past years as far as, um, you know, direction, the direction of the team. But if here's the thing, it, everything that was said in that conference call today just really reinforces that everything, every decision has been made is financial. It's all about pinching pennies again now. And if that is the case, and if that all holds true, then I think we're looking at another year of misery. And I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I'm still going to stay optimistic. I'm still going to hope that we find our second line center finally. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, 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 I do. I, that is the one thing I do think will get resolved is I think at the end of all this, we will finally have a second line center. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a high end second line center, but we will have a legitimate second line center in the organization because that is the one thing we have to address. It hasn't been addressed since the worst trade in the history of the NHL was made and the Ryan O'Reilly deal. I will, I will die on that hill. I think that couldn't have ended worse than it did for the Sabres. Um, but I do think we will find our second line center, whether it in free agency or trade, you know, that, you know, I, th- I, I don't know <laughs> that I do think that will come though. And as far as shout outs go, um, I don't know who I have to shout out to. So, uh, you know, just stay tuned for more crossing swords podcast, two goalies, one mic. Um, I know me and Cully are going to uh, drop a hot episode tomorrow, but, uh, you know, can't wait. So, you know, I'll, I'll punch it over to Tristan. 
Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know if I have many shout outs, but it's just one of those things that, you know, the, the Buffalo fans, and we've said this for years about the Bills, that, you know, we've always deserved better. You know, there are a lot of good hires on that end. And at the end of the day, it really comes down to just providing the the fans what they deserve. We're so passionate about this team. It doesn't matter what state we're in or what we're doing. We are, I mean, we went to Vegas this year for the Sabres. Like, we just eat, sleep, and breathe Buffalo Sabres hockey. The we same do. way that the, the Bills fans eat, sleep, and breathe, you know, Buffalo football. Like, we just – we're not asking for the world. I'm not asking for a Stanley Cup every year. Only one team wins the Cup every single year. All I'm asking for is that we that we create a positive environment, that we create a competitive team that's going to be there to put forth the effort that that – that this blue collar Buffalo, you know, fan base deserves. I just, we, we just want to see wins. We just want to see competitive hockey. We want to be battling for the playoffs. That's all we want to do year after year. And at the end of the day, you know, we have, we haven't had that in a long time, but we know what it's like. We're all young enough and, you know, or I guess old enough that you can say that we, that we, that we know what that, that taste is. We know what we hope for. And I'm hoping that this new change is going to lead to that. Is it going to? I don't know. But we're all along for the ride. You know what I mean? Even if we if we like to or not, we're all along for it. We're here. Yep, Tristan, I couldn't put it any better myself. We're all along for the ride. There's nothing really as fans we can do to make the product on the ice itself better on our own, um, you know, other than, you know, speaking with our money. And the Pagulas have obviously heard that because it's forced them to make some financial changes. And unfortunately, we can't go to Cats for anything on a more positive light because his mom decided to reset his uh, Wi-Fi right now. So he got kind of kicked out of this one. He's got to go get an apartment, bud. Uh, Hopefully, he'll be getting a big job soon. Shack up some of those Tinder girls is what he's going to (laughs) do. <laughs> That's my shout out to all the girls in the tri-state area. Go get on Hinge, get on Tinder, look for our boy Cats. Give him a good home with some nice Wi-Fi. Don't turn it off in the middle of our podcasts. No, no. So for Dwayne, Tristan, and myself, let's go Buffalo. Get us back to the fucking playoffs, please. Let's go. Please.